Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings. I will be forward momentarily. All is a blessing. Come on in. It is another edition of Revolutionary. If you can just see me up there, Lord, it's all just an illusion. And one of the greatest times in the Welcome to the Blog Talk Radio. Eric Cody, 
welcome my cousin, my co-host. Understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing 
if you can just see beyond the veils, for indeed it is all just an illusion and a test in one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, my reiteration, and it is my ever-living reality. All is a blessing is crucial to the very foundation of my understanding, my teaching, my walk, my works, my demonstration along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is how I, the divine prince, make sense out of all that we're challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother, Father, Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding. The place from where I begin, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine all-blessed reality. And so it is. Okay. Greetings, one and all. Welcome to another powerful edition of Revolutionary Hoodoo, New Orleans Voodoo Secrets, and recipes. I'm being joined by my cousin, the beloved Ia Otar Ifa Tomiwa. Greetings and salutations to you and yours, beloved. Come on in. Thank you for being with us. And my other cousin, Oloye Ifa Wole, Ola Dechi Ifa Tande. I got family, friends, cousins, mothers, sisters, nephews. Everybody come on in. Everybody's coming on in, and I'm indeed grateful. I'm also grateful for, you know, our community, my clients, my godchildren, my initiates, my students, my callers, and many of them as well have their mother, their grandmother, their uncle, their aunt, their niece, their nephew listening, if not actively participating in this platform. So, indeed, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Um, I know how to listen to spirit. That's the best thing you can do is, is know how to listen to spirit. Because sometimes your own intelligence will fail you. Sometimes your own data and research will fail you. But, but spirit will never direct you wrong. The ancestors will always be your first and front line of defense. So I've learned how to indeed listen to spirit. And people are excited about this topic and I'm grateful. And please call us at 845-277-9143 if you do not have access to your webcam. Otherwise, you are welcome indeed to join us here um, live on cam. And please forgive me, Instagram. Just give me like one more moment, and I'm going to copy and paste that into the Instagram platform while my cousins are offering you their greetings and salutations and uh, their thoughts for the moment. All is a blessing. Come on in, Otan. Greetings, beloved. Uh, I'm grateful for being here today as always, um, looking forward to the conversation, looking forward to sharing, looking forward to the connection. Um, my name is uh, Huge Thanks and Honor for the Mount of the Rest and Provide the Bible of Thoma. 
in like several months. So I'm a little rusty on my podcast um, etiquette. But it- yeah, I just turned that on. I'm hoping that that works and that that'll prevent it from interrupting uh, the Instagram feed. Shadow work is a popular topic. Um, I get questions almost daily about shadow work, um, not just from, you know, clients or callers, but friends, you know, family have questions about what is shadow work, what shadow work is. How do I figure out what my shadow work is? How do I figure out, you know, where to focus my energy, you know, if you will, as it relates to shadow work? And then questions, of course, how do I then do that work? How do I then address, you know, shadow work? Um, So I want to talk about and answer, you know, those questions. I also want to entertain the questions of our community, our co-host, Neil Fight Before, my cousin Oloye, my cousin Otan, um, my cousin, family, and friends who are in the chat. Please be a part of the conversation. And um, Instagram, I'm going to figure it out in a minute how to – okay, wait a minute. Maybe if I open another tab. No. How do I get my live feed? Oh, here we go. I don't know how to mute that. I'm still trying to figure out a way to communicate by chat with Instagram while the podcast is running without background noise. So I'll figure it out. But um, I want to talk about and answer those questions, what shadow work is, how do we identify shadow work, how do we address it, uh, and, of course, tools. You know, my cousin um, Oloye is, is going to give you a great deal of information you know, about ORI, um, you know, and EBORI and, and other forms of, of uh, addressing the head and the consciousness. I want to kind of talk about quartz, quartz crystal. Um, I believe it's divinely created, uniquely created in creation to address a number of issues as it addressed to energy, light, balancing our, our earth, bodies with our spirit body or our spirit elements. Um, so I'm, I want to share some information about how I use and apply quartz crystal, clean, uncut, unpolished, faceted quartz crystal, natural quartz crystal. Uh, clusters are great, you know, for, for breaking up groups, for breaking up blockbusters of energy. But, but I want to speak more specifically about individual points, double terminated points, sometimes tabbies, tabulars, twins, and, and how I use them to uh, address shadow work. And, of course, Otan, you know, will bring that fire and that iyami, you know, as she does so so easily, I might add, uh, and she'll bring her opinion to the show. I hope IG can hear um, everybody clearly. Uh, of course, you can see me and hear me, but I hope you can also hear um, the co-hosts as are participated in the show. And over time, I'm going to play around with the camera. I might actually turn the camera towards the computer, if that might help Instagram to sort of see and hear what's going on um, better. But it's going to require some kind of stand elevated 
Um, the way I have it now, it's just not going to work. Um, hey, Mom, greetings. Thank you so much for always being present with us. We certainly do appreciate you coming through. So what is shadow work? Shadow work, in my opinion, because I don't want to speak for everyone in the group, shadow work are indeed those things that hide in the shadows. Now, for my regular participants who've been listening for the last, you know, two or three shows, we've talked a great deal about dimensional space, uh, string theory, M theory, how our reality is really a inter intra dimensional reality, which gives us access to more than just time, space, or height, width, length, depth, but, but indeed an ability to create and recreate the reality that mirrors our best interest, first in the spirit realm, and then to pull that down into our waking everyday reality. Now, in some way, all world religions really speak to that at its basic root whether it's prayer, whether it's through, through mantras and, and, and uh, meditative techniques, whether it's through ritual practice, whether it's through physical movement of energy and some sort of athletic or um, therapeutic sort of, sort of vein, there's always a way to sort of move energy around in our reality and, and bring balance to it in a way that mirrors our best interests that mirrors our best image, if you will. Uh, I want to also briefly talk about dark matter, dark energy, which science real still, the, real, still really hasn't um, fully grasped or, or, or put some kind of uh, understanding to. But I believe, I believe through usage of uh, quartz crystals, gemstones, and other minerals and techniques that I've used and developed over the years, that that dark matter, the dark matter energy is really indeed that, not only that that is unknown to us, but all of that anxiety, all of that darkness, all of the wickedness, uh, all of the uh, insecurity, all of the ego, all of the aggression, all of that exists in my theory within the dimensions of that dark matter. So understanding that all energy was created at the Big Bang, all energy that will ever be in the universe is already here. And, and, and according to science, it was said to have came about during that great Big Bang, that, that explosion of light and energy particles, then indeed all negative energy, if we choose to use that term negative, all positive energy exists. But the, the idea for us as God having a human existence it is to create balance, is to bring balance. So when we talk about shadow work, there's never a point, um, and, and, and I shared this with someone yesterday, I can't remember right now who it was, but there's really never a point where you sort of remove that, that thing, that person, that place, that thing, which creates, which sets up that shadow work issue within our lives. What we can do is shine light on it, draw the curtains back on it, open the door on it, open the closet on it, and and infuse it with light, and then that shadow begins to lighten and lighten 
and lighten, and it gets much more lighter. Um, and for, for those who've been using quartz crystal, you know, for, for many years, you might understand what I'm talking about. You know, there are varying degrees of light in quartz crystal. Um, some crystals are not as clear as other crystals. And I think this is representative of us, our own spirit body, our own light body, and our ability to fade shadows over time. Because see, that, to some degree, is what happens in the natural, is you will have smoky quartz. Sometimes you'll have rose quartz, which is, which is pink. You, sh- you will have amethyst, which is purple. But it can be lightened over time. It can also be lightened through exposure to light. So keep your colored stones out of direct sunlight. That, that can bleach them over time. You're also seeing uh, stones that should have color deep color, deep pink, deep purple, that are also now getting lighter in color due to just a lack of availability. A great deal of these stones are being overmined, overused, you know, over-commercialized. And so some of our better uh, faceted stones indeed are either being industrialized or, you know, already somewhere, you know, out in the market. But I digress. But, But the symbolism of the color and the light the balance of sun and moon, the balance of earth and spirit has everything to do with how we sort of do the work of addressing shadows. But what is shadow work? What is the shadow? How do we identify that as, as the individual? How, how do I myself figure out, determine if I have shadow work to be done and, and what is it? Now, first, I want to acknowledge that we have an international audience. We have people from all over the world with varying degrees of understanding, exposure, and experience to the Middle Passage. But we also have a great deal of this audience who are descendants of the Middle Passage and Mid-Atlantic slave trade. And indeed, if you are a descendant of the Middle Passage, the Mid-Atlantic slave trade, if you are indeed of indigenous root, you know, you, you like to say your people were here when the colonists got here, Okay, then you have also endured sort of the footprint, if you will, uh, of the Middle Passage and the Mid-Atlantic slave trade. And so, indeed, you have shadow work inherently, inherently already in your blood. It was my nephew, Chef Pink, that I had this conversation with yesterday. It's already in your blood. We talked about trauma that may not have been inflicted on you directly. Slavery. We might say, well, I wasn't a slave. My parent wasn't a slave. But your great-grandparent was. Your great-great-grandparent was. And it's now in your blood. And science supports the idea that ancestral memory survives in the blood. So indeed, unchecked shadow work, unchecked trauma, drama, hurt, abuse, misuse, that is not healed, that light has not been shined upon, that has not been brought out of, out of the depths of denial and darkness and, and, and the dark matter space, it becomes dark energy. And that then transfers generationally. Now, like certain health conditions, like certain gifts, you know, that can skip a generation. Well, one generation might be extremely musical. And then, you know, the next generation, you might not see any musicians at all. 
you know, the, the, the grandfather, the, the grandmother, the great-grandmother might have all been athletic, but then you have one child that's not athletic, that's theatrical or intellectual or, or manifest some other, you know, energy. So, indeed, trauma, as well as gifts, can skip a generation, skip an individual in our blood, just like we accept biology as being able to skip a generation. Hair color might skip a generation or two. And all of a sudden you got a child with light eyes, you know, or, or darker skin than, than some of the other family members. So indeed trauma, generational trauma can establish, can set up an, an, an inherent or, or hereditary uh, need for doing shadow work. Uh, and then there's, of course, our personal life path, not just as human, but as a soul, as a spirit. And so for those of us who understand reincarnation, for those of us who understand that maybe we've had more than one uh, reality, you know, in this earth realm, we also may be coming to work out shadows from past lives, shadows from previous uh, existences. So how do you identify shadows. Uh, I've said this before here on the show, but in a very different way. Uh, when I wake up, when I'm first aware in the morning, and I understand that not everybody listening is able to do that. Some of you all have children, pets, alarm clocks, work schedule, and you might get up to an alarm clock. You, you, you may not be able to just wake up, sleep as long as you need to, and then wake up naturally, which is a natural way we we would have done that back in the day. We, we would have rose with the sun, many of us. Our great-grandparents got up at sunrise. Many people here in New Orleans get up between 4.30 and, and, and sunrise in the morning. Um, so waking up naturally, having had the right amount of sleep, having had the right amount of hydration, the right amount of, of, of food and nutrition, you know, the day before, and not just jumping up out of the bed, but first just being aware that you are coming back into humanity, that you're coming back into your physicality, even before you open your eyes. And the first question I ask is, how do you feel? How do you feel? And I ask it in the third person, how do you feel? I say it just like that, but I'm talking to myself. But I'm doing it internally. I say, how do you feel? I pause, I breathe, how do you feel? And then depending on that answer, depending on that answer, that's your first sign of whether you have shadow work to be addressed or not. Now, let's be clear, because my nephew really helped me to figure out the dynamics of how we're going to do this conversation today. Um, the things that I would have normally forgot to pay attention to. you got to be honest in doing shadow work. If somebody listens to us right now, though, I ain't got no shadow work. I ain't got no problems. You know, I, I had a perfect childhood. Great. Uh, I, I hope I've laid out that there are other ways for us to sort of take on shadow work from, from other lives, other incarnations. I, I pray I have. Um, but there are those who might say, okay, I don't have. So being honest. And being, being able to be truly honest, not with me, not with my cousins, 
not with my co-host, not with your pastor, your imam, the bishop, with yourself. Because at the end of the day, it is you who are living the reality. It is you who are the God who's creating, recreating your reality. So we've got to be willing, we've got to be able to be rock gut down to the bottom, hard, honest truth with ourselves about what we're doing, what our actions are, how, how we're eating, how we're living, how we're treating our body temple, how we're treating ourselves, as well as how we're treating other people. So someone, for example, who might be a bit of a narcissist might have some difficulty addressing shadow work. It, it would be more likely than not that a narcissist would say, I have absolutely no shadow work to address. Again, especially one born as a, as a descendant of a child of the Middle Passage and has lived a lifetime, you know, in the conditions that we still um, are living under in, in America. So I want to open the conversation up. Um, please come on in. A neophyte Bocour, greetings, beloved. I know you're, you know, behind the wheel of a truck. So I want to have you come on in first, <laughs> Okay. Because I need you to be safe, but you know, give us your greetings, your salutations, and then um, my cousins, um, as well as the the community, will begin to speak a little bit to um, this question of shadow work. Um, what is it? How do we address it? What's it all about? Speak up. Instagram, I know y'all can't hear him at all. Thank you. 
Try to talk just directly into the mic, because because you just a little slight movement breaks up the sound, and I really need my Instagram to be able to hear um, to the best of my ability um, what's being said. That might be better, perhaps. Yeah, and I like the idea that, you know, if you're standing in the light, indeed, you're going to cast a shadow. So so it, it suggests that there has to be a degree of awareness, a degree of honesty, uh, illumination, in order to even perceive the shadows, you know, in order to even see what might be lurking in our own shadows. Go ahead, Neophyte. Let's see if that's better. Um, that's better. It's more consistent. Now, could it be a little bit louder? Could you, like, turn the mic towards your mouth? Yes. We can't hear you. We can't hear you at all now. Yeah, we can't hear you. Okay, I can hear you now. Okay, yeah. I got a chance to actually talk to Christ about my day. I got a chance to sit down. Not too long-winded, but I'll try to wrap it up. Because we are also Jesus of life, we are all pretty much Christians. We are all Christians, right? And when um, when we're Y'all have something y'all want to say?
that you agreed to do the things that you're supposed to do by your ancestors. It could be any number of things. Um, when those things are not fulfilled, when you are not walking in accordance to what you agree to, to what your destiny is, uh, that uh, this pleasure that is manifest in different ways, such as illness on the body, if you have issues um, in different points, I know some people have the chakra system, uh, it can manifest in different parts of your body, it not just be situations, but we have to really think in essence of um, what is the message that's coming across. But it doesn't just manifest as physical, it could be things that are happening such as dreams, uh, more lucid, and you're remembering more, and there are key phrases and certain things and situations that stand out more than they have. These are all different instances of spirit or your ancestors trying to get your attention. There's something that needs to be fulfilled. There's a contact that's being made because there's something that you need to understand that you need to be seeing. And a lot of the times, the only way to accomplish that is begin that, not accomplishing it. That's what that takes a lot of time. But as far as beginning that process, it requires honesty. A lot of the time, collecting things, collecting certain habits, being able to stand in the mirror and look at yourself. That's who you are. No one else watching and be able to stand in front of yourself and say, This is who I am. This is the thing I do. This is where I can stand for improvement. But that's hard for a lot of people to do. So it has to first begin with the willingness to go deep and look inside and accept those things that may not be pleasing or accept those habits that we would like to change and actually start accepting that, acknowledging it, and then looking at what efforts could be made to start putting in changes or implementing changes in their life to bring those to a turnaround. That, in essence, is you beginning your shadow work. You allowing yourself to accept who you are, fully stand on that, but also be strong enough to move further and be willing to make changes to make the improvement to get to the point in your life where you can start walking that walk that you're supposed to be on. Yeah. I think acceptance of shadow work. Come on, cousin. So we begin the process from a perspective, from a perspective that I was there. Dominant with from the five perspectives is going to be based upon when we talk about life, it's very interesting because the first of two out of two hundred and fifty six talks about that of all life. It talks much about belief, it talks much about the popular. So when we talk about light, we're talking about the light plus within, based on the class uh, and, and paraphrasing of the the what uh happened at the big book. But then it is the light manifesting into the universe, brought forth from the illuminate down to this realm in the development of the development of the civilization. It's based upon also looking at the development of our own personal self and our own personal view. So when we look at this and from this perspective of Orisha, one of the first Orisha, of course, is our Orisha. Another Orisha is a Bakalan, but there's another Orisha that talks deeply about this and the depth of ourselves, depth of within ourselves, is on the food. So those three Orisha right now, even Oshun, when it speaks about looking at the divine inner mirror within ourselves, 
Now that we've assessed it, we have the knowledge, maybe he sends you to the next one. 
remember looking at that x-ray, and that x-ray cannot hide anything. There's nothing you can hide when it comes to the x-ray. The x-ray illuminates everything inside of yourself. Now you get this, and now you have the illumination of everything which says that injury is right there. This is the level and the depth of it, and now, let's now, we find now we know the tools to use to now go into that to be able to begin the process of healing. And sometimes what we find is that area that was hurt now heals to be stronger than an area that has never been hurt. So now, the principles of healing in shadow work is essential in order to now get to the root of the cause and now apply the appropriate aspects to be able to get to the goal. So that's a tremendous amount when it comes to Iran, when it comes to Ramisha to run with it, when it comes to Ramin to go inspired, when it comes to the understanding of Bumapenic, Bumapenic, and gentle character and integrity within ourselves, not saying that we're bad people, but to learn how to work within ourselves, to facilitate our healing, to manifest in myself. So uh, I'll give it to you. I don't want to go too deep into, into all that. I don't want to go into the problem and more that Brooklyn doesn't reveal. Yes, and, yes, and we have time. <laughs> but, all, but all is a blessing. Um, I got to answer the door. Just give me a sec. Life. 
uh, again, speaking to that which can pass down generationally um, through the blood, i.e. trauma. And so when that is not addressed, when the when God can't speak to us in a soft, uh, still voice and you hear it, when the ancestors can't knock you on your head and you respond to it, sometimes, and I think it has a lot to do with uh, not just biology and, and chemistry, uh, but even environmental factors, you know, people can snap, you know, and when I say snap, I mean sort of shift again in between those dimensional spaces you know, of, of reality, and that can show up in, in, our, in our world as a mental health symptom. And so I think it's important, um, once upon a time, I dreamed of, you know, getting a degree in psychology, psychiatry, you know, do, doing the thing that everybody was doing at that time, um, and quickly learned that there was a spiritual component to it that was absent, that was that was missing, um, in some cases even repressed in terms of separation of, you know, sort of religion and spiritual ideas and indigenous ideas with, quote, unquote, modern medicine, modern psychology, modern psychology, psychiatry, and I found it to be problematic early on. Uh, what separates schizophrenia, i.e., from you know, manifesting gin, manifesting demons, manifesting spirits. And I think it takes a really qualified individual to sort of make that distinction. And, and you often do not find that focus, that awareness, even a level of respect about that being important enough to be identified within the, you know, industrial world. So, you know, there's that's seen as sort of hoodoo. That's seen as as witch doctory, that, that, that is treated as sort of a separate component, you know, to mental, mental health. And, I, and I've always believed that it's important um, for sure in addressing mental health. Uh, sometimes it's repressed energy, repressed memories, repressed trauma that the individual cannot speak to, cannot release, cannot face, and our bodies you know, is uniquely designed to shut down, um, you know, when we can't absorb certain degrees of, of pressure or trauma. You know, our brain will shut down to some degree. Our body, you know, will go into sort of a coma to protect, you know, our organs and our body, you know, until some kind of, you know, intervention can be uh, achieved. So I think there is indeed a connection. Uh, if you will, if not some kind of a, a relative link between uh, shadow work and the lack of awareness, the lack of space really to, to do and address the, that kind of work uh, in, in our culture, um, and then how mental health issues can manifest, can show. It also, it also comes back to trauma. Yeah. So what trauma did, you know, the face, what trauma is that you see? And even at a early stage of life, when you might not have been able to know that you're going to go to something, what trauma maybe you did elders that were in your midst of this? The, the, yeah. the generational trauma. Have you ever thought or felt uh, a time where you're wondering why everybody 
you have trepidation when a certain individual, a certain um, group of people, a certain police or fire department, whatever the case might be. And then you have a certain level of trepidation that you never have that experience and you ask yourself just why it is that you are feeling this, this intense feeling. Sometimes that is the, 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 uh, the key to tell you that this might not be directly your trauma, but it's the trauma that you're living from someone in the past. Mm-hmm. So now it is all about triggers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to be very um, sensitive in feeling which a trigger hits us. And then we've got to go back to examine what was it about that thing that caused that trigger. Because it might not have been something that we have brought through personally. So mental health has a lot of different components to it. It is. There's a lot of different things. Everything from from off balance chemical all the way through trauma, all the way through experience. So many different factors that it is important to be able to now that's the reason that we say the doctor goes and starts starts looking at the different things because he needs to find out just exactly where the injury is and then to find out how deep the injury is. So now even in mental health, it's one thing if you have a chemical imbalance. Chemical imbalance then, yes, it's great to go to counseling, but also we need some of the Western perspective of medicine to possibly bring back a balance in our consciousness. But going back into trauma, sometimes yes, there has to be a combination of a Western perspective and then a perspective of holistic science. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a lot of different components that we go to delve in. Even when alternatives doing our coaching, there's a lot of different components that now she's dealing with with different people and their situations and circumstances. And then it's incumbent now as coaching to now see where that point is that says, okay, we need to go to the higher level of assistance along with this that will allow them to get all that you need. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I want to respond to um, two questions in the chat, really. Um, Dark Soul Jewel, if we haven't already, yeah, absolutely. Um, it shows up in depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, anger issues are all indicators of shadow work and the need for shadow work to be done. There's something lurking in the shadow that needs to be uncovered, discovered. Light needs to be shined upon it. It needs to be healed. It needs to be addressed. It needs to be cleared. It needs to be removed. It needs to be lightened. By, by the application of, of more light. So absolutely, yes. And Alexis Williams, can we ask our ancestors to assist in clearing the shadow work that needs healing? For me, um, that's kind of redundant because I often uh, sort of 
present a disclaimer when it comes to doing ancestor work and divination. I don't think it's possible to do ancestor work and divination, and particularly those of us of Eidos, those of us that are descendants of the Middle Passage, um, without shadow work. I think just in addressing ancestors, um, that shadow work surfaces. Um, just imagine um, putting yourself sort of in the shoes of your great, great grandparents and imagining what they endured, what they must have lived under, you know, understand the history of the, the part of the country that they may have existed in at that time, the part of the world that they existed in at the time, the amount of trauma. Uh, as my cousins both have, have suggested, that they were subjected to, that they endured. And imagine now that that is in your blood. That's not in your blood. We didn't have to be in the bottom of the ship. We were in the bottom of the ship. It's in our blood. It's in the DNA code. It's a part of the DNA memory. And unless that is adequately addressed, it will show up sometimes as shadow work. It will show up sometimes as addictive behaviors, addictions, um, gambling, sex, drugs, alcohol, food, you know, it indeed can show up in depression, anxiety, issues of how we feel, self-esteem. That's why my first question of the morning before I open my eyes is, how do you feel? How do you feel? And based on how you answer that question, how honestly, how truthfully you can address that question, Um, speaks to where you are in your shadow work, speaks to what needs to be addressed. Now, if I I were to be more specific, okay, I don't feel. Okay, so so your next question is why? You, You have to be willing to be honest. Why don't you feel? And then be honest about the response that you give yourself. Well, I don't feel because my height, my weight, you know, my behavior, my, my bank account. You know, be clear, you know, about what it is, but be willing to be honest enough to do this work because it's, it's, it's not easy work if you're not honest. If you're easy to lie to yourself, if you're easy to conceal from yourself, this, this is going to be problematic work for you to do. You know, if it's, it's, if it's easy for you to deny the truth even within yourself, this is going to be problematic work for you to do. And, and, and there are many of us who, who want and claim um, sort of independent spiritual paths, you know, no teachers, no elders. I'm just sort of reading books and doing it on my own. Okay, that's fine. And one tool where I think that that can be done relatively successfully is in using quartz crystal. But, again, you have to be honest enough with yourself and willing enough to read all those books. And, and to understand the degrees of nuance that I'm suggesting when I speak of chloride quartz, phantom quartz. Phantom quartz are great for going back and forward in time, are great for surfacing uh, mind imprints, memories from trauma from our present lives, childhood. We block out things from childhood. We, we block out things, you know, depending on your age, of course. You block out things from high school. You block out things that you did, you know, in, in your 20s, you know, and, and it's something about our wiring. We're not exactly computers. So our, our brain has to sort of offload 
a certain degree of information as we continue to move forward. Hopefully, as we continue to grow, to, to evolve, to learn new things, and then things get just like uh, we do in our computer. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, things get reduced or compressed to create more space on your computer, on your drive. Um, it's a word for that, you know, that you can run. Of course, it probably happens manually now, but you can run um, you can run uh, automatically on your computer to compress files so that you can make more space. So, so our brains, you know, to some degree have to, to do that to maintain all the level of information that we take in every day. So it's not, you know, necessarily a sign of weakness. It's not necessarily, a, you know, a flaw. You know, things inadvertently get tucked away. Things inadvertently get forgotten about. And, and often the more uncomfortable, the more negative, the more um, unpleasant, you know, the, the, the easier it is for, for the human wiring to sort of t- tuck those things away. And then we create justification. Well, my children don't need to know this. My children don't need to know this about my background, my past. My children don't need to know we did X, Y, and Z, you know, to, to, to bring things together. But, but our children, you know, and our elders are the most empathic among us in the community. And they absorb all of that energy and often all of that, that detail associated with the energy. My grandmama was good. My grandma would give you chapter, verse, <laughs> detail, you know, and wouldn't have been nowhere near the scene as far as we knew, you know, and never could understand how she did that. But she was just connected, you know, spirited, you know, in that way. But at the same time, my mother's mother, when I say my grandmother, my mother's mother didn't talk about herself. She didn't talk about her emotions. She didn't talk about her experiences. And most certainly uh, being born in 1922 and having my mother in 1942, um, that was the lynching season. My grandmother didn't talk about lynching. My, my grandmother did talk about, you know, who's that, that new black girl? Who's that new black family that just moved in? You know, where's that black store, you know, on such and such corner? You know, but she would not talk about trauma. She would not talk about pain. She didn't go into any detail about why she had been married five times. She, she didn't talk about the dynamics you know, uh, of those relationships. So I can imagine being empathic, you know, we want to imagine, you know, not just what our ancestors might have endured, but what our parents might have endured. And for some of us who've gone through traumatic events with our family members, that can be hard to do sometimes. Some of my clients don't want to talk about their mama at all. Some of my clients don't want a father mentioned in the conversation anywhere. And particularly when we, again, beloved, when we start getting into ancestral work and divination, you can't do ancestral work and divination without shadow work surfacing. Somehow the closet door automatically opens when you start inviting your ancestors to get involved in your business, to assist you in your endeavors, to intervene on your behalf, and then expect that they're not going to pull the drawers off of the truth, that they're not going to uncover, you know, what really needs to be addressed to eliminate the block, the issue of complication that often presents itself as the illusion, you know, in our lives. So, so you have to be just 
rock gut, honest with yourself. You have to be honest with yourself, naked, honest with yourself, truthful with yourself, in your head, in your heart, even before you can speak it from your lips. But know that it's oozing from your pores, and especially in the presence of your elders and your children. Your little babies, they're watching every move you make, every little nuance, every little white lie. It's parents in the room. I'm, I'm not a parent, and I know how true this is. I got a chat room full. I got a screen full of parents right now. Y'all know exactly how true what I'm saying is. Your kids know exactly when to pop in the room when you're talking about something on the phone you do not want them to hear. It's like intuitive and second nature. Okay? <laughs> All of a sudden, they need something. They got to run in. They could be outside in the yard. But the minute the, your voice changes, your energy changes, and that emits a frequency, and, and, and your children who, you know, nestle in your amniotic fluid, they feel that. They sense that. They know when you're just not being quite. And some of our kids, you know, I was one of those kids. Couldn't keep my mouth closed. Oh, no, but didn't you say it was <laughs> that I was that kid? Yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was, you know, oh, oh, that's right. That's supposed to be a secret. I was slow on secrets as a child. I was, I was just brutally honest. And in many ways, I'm, I'm still that today. But as an adult, you know, I've learned you know, not just maturity, but temperance. And sometimes you have to, you know, walk people into the truth. You know, even as a, especially as a consultant. Um, it's not always easy. Some of y'all don't make it easy for me to tell y'all truth at all. Seriously, at all. And if you saw it from my perspective of the window, that's why we started talking about COINTEL and, and, mind propaganda and, and messages that are presented in our music and in our, in our meeting and our, our concert, because it's in those intimate spaces of the consultation that our truths are revealed. The truth about who I am is revealed in that moment, and the truth about who you are is revealed in that moment. And we are only as open as we are honest about our own truths especially where the darkness lies. And we, and we may not always be clear about the specifics. Um, all of us in some way have talked about it being passed down through your genes, through your blood, trauma. So none of us, you know, as far as I'm aware, you know, wore chains, you know, had emanation papers. Uh, what is it? Mal- How do you say it? Malunition papers? When you, when you got free and you bought to slavery, none of us experienced that, but our grandparents did. And then that was re- or my grandparents, great-grandparents did. Your great and great-great-grandparents did. And then it's reinforced again through lynching, through police killing, through, you know, crime and violence. You know, and as my cousin Oloye spoke of, that sets off those triggers. So sometimes your children inherit your triggers without actually having experienced that trauma themselves. So great-grandmama might have had a drug problem, you know, a sex problem, a gambling problem, a violence problem. And so now the parents say, oh, I'm not, that's not going to be me. I'm not going to raise my kids like that. I'm not going to be like that around my kids. And, and you do well. But then you have a child or grandchild that 
That's in their blood. And I need y'all to understand, this is not a fear conversation. Don't fear. Be aware. Be, be enlightened. Know that these things can be dealt with so that this generation that's under the sound of my voice right now can put an end to the generational curse. We can put an end to these problems. We can put an end to the, the things that we don't like and we don't agree with and we don't accept, you know, it, as a part of our, our reality. But we have to be honest. We have to be truthful. And, and sometimes biology and chemistry, and, and that's where our medical professionals need to be accessed, you know, need to be involved. You know, sometimes that can make it hard to see the truth. Sometimes that can make it hard to hear the truth. I can remember from, you know, when I was depressed in my young 20s, in my early teens, I didn't want to hear anything positive when I was in a depressive state. Nothing. Nothing positive made any sense when you're in that dark space. So having the power to be truthful with yourself, you know, is a gift unto itself. Having a, a degree of sanity, you know, the old folks used to say in church, uh, clothed and in my right mind, you know, that, that being a, a, a power, our most powerful gift, and it resonates with, with Ori. I feel like I'm talking too much. Come on in, y'all. Greetings, Instagram. Thank you so much for hanging with us and your participation. Um, one day I'm going to figure out a way to bring this all together. <clears throat> My Blog Talk Radio phone lines, thank you for listening. If you have a question or a comment, remember to press the number one on your telephone keypad. That will raise your hand for me, and then I will um, unmute your mic. I'm probably missing a great deal in the chat, so let me go through the chat while my co-host. Um, Come on, divine self-healing. I know you're bringing the EIME today. Divine self-healing. We can't hear you, beloved. You're muted. Yeah, we can hear you a little bit better now. We can't hear you at all now. Maybe there's a delay. There's a delay. Okay, there's a delay. So go ahead. I remember some sad ways when she asked about uh, what you said about and how to move through the worst. Just doing it yourself. About like being, um, I don't know what you said. Because it took me to the fact that we have to do more than just get over it. Or do more than just be the one that doesn't in the behavior or whatever the that you have to get to the root of that thing in order to transform it, to move that thing forward. Um, when you think about divination and that's what you're talking about, that the word you have to do that, that's the thing that doesn't need to be able to do that. That's what you teach that, because when you feel that, I'
Okay. Um, so I just wanted to go ahead and speak to the other people that I've had. Um, as far as the shadow work, um, you know, I just want to say, well, this is something that you have to share. I don't want to say, you know, you definitely have to address the root of the issue. And then 
then as far as some tools for doing shadow work, um, one of the biggest tools that I think people are not aware of is the relationship with their own significant other. A lot of times, um, this significant other is really a mirror, and the things that irritate you the most about them usually are things that are really irritated about, about yourself, and it's just screaming at you. And when you're trying to practice, um, Giving us Welcome, welcome to our world. <laughs> 
<laughs> Welcome to my world, baby. Welcome to my world. What is Yeah. 
good conversation about how this is not the appropriate behavior to give what you want. You have to use your words, and sometimes you're still not going to necessarily always get what you want, but it's about showing you a level of respect, showing yourself a level of respect, to pay the every result that you desire.
trickles down through observed behavior, but but also generational behavior through the blood. It's, it's in the DNA now. It's but isn't it interesting that you say people make those decisions, um, you know, for the sake of the kids, but they often don't listen to the kids? Right. Because if you ask kids, I remember thinking at an early age, four or five years old, that my mother and father were not compatible, and I hope that you guys are never together. that needs to look at what we handed them. And, and I think that's a part of, um, I think Craig Burns tried to use the language of generational karma. Um, and I need to look at that a little bit more off air, but, but, but I think that's kind of what, you know, one of the phrases that he used. And so I think, you know, if I'm understanding what generational karma might even be, that could be it. I think with every subsequent generation, there's this um, this sense of teaching what you know, gifting what you know, you know, leading the you know the children you know in the direction that that we believe is best. Uh, and I'm suggesting in the most perfected circumstances. You know, let's say everything is perfect for everybody, all parents. Not necessarily an economic issue. If, you know, let's say there's no generational curses. But there's still going to be that advancement that is made naturally, organically, with the generation that, that follows. That, you know, just like the evolution of hominids, you know, into humanity, there's always that advancement in technology, advancement in skill, advancement in awareness, while at the same time we've lost skill and we've lost ability. We've, we've lost some of our instincts you know, related to the insects. We've lost some of our instincts, you know, related to the, to the other mammals, you know, in, in creation while developing, you know, our mind. And I think the goddess said it best, the goddess initiative, when she said, you know, the mind is really designed to protect itself, to protect the brain, you know, and, and, and ultimately to, to protect the, the functioning, you know, of the body. But I think our consciousness, we might even say our soul, is a, is a different segment of, of our reality, of who we are. I think it, it transcends the body. It transcends the mind. It transcends our momentary blip in, in time as, as, as hominids, as humans, you know, on our journey to a higher sense of, of who we are and what we are. And I appreciate everybody in the chat here. Y'all are asking great questions. Um, everybody is asking, you know, really, really good questions in the chat. And we appreciate that. I think we want to find out what we're going to be able to, to, to say. Um, Sorry, Sister Jackie, you said something. 
emotionally abusive, physically shameful, but the smallest that we find in our everyday life probably the ones that are being challenged by that. Those ones I think are most hurting. For example, being home by streets. We know this. We know where that comes from. That's right. Thank you. 
when we was a kid. You know, so where are these now new, you know, diseases and imbalances originating from? So, yes, it's the food, what we're putting in the food, how the food is grown, you know, how the foods are processed. But we have to look at our spiritual food in the same way. What kind of food did it? Did your grandparents eat? What kind of food did your parents eat? And what now, in terms of genes, are passed down to you? You know, something that's real obvious to me is when I look at uh, certain ethnic groups, you know, um, Asians, particularly Asians that, you know, quite often I think of as being fit, if not thin, you know. And somebody might argue, you know, poverty, you know, other conditions that might exist in, the, you know, in that part of the world. But you then see that first generation, you know, or second generation of, of Asian-American-born children, and, and now you see this weight gain, and you see this bulk, and you see this development of very Western-like diseases. So some things, yes, are, you know, sort of picked up behaviorally learned behavior, bad behavior, you know, that somehow become tradition, that somehow become fad, that somehow become cute. And then, you know, a generation or two later on, we decide, oh, wait a minute, that was really dangerous, so that's not good for us. And, and then we remove it, we stop doing it. You know, I grew up in the day of cigarette commercials on TV and magazines and newspapers. Everybody has cigarette in, in their mouth. But then I grew up in a period where cigarette advertisements were outlawed, so you, so nobody was allowed to smoke on TV. Um, you you still don't really see uh, you know cigarette ads for the most part, you know, in a lot of publications and magazines. So I've seen sort of that shift generationally in consciousness and, and awareness. So how much light we use light sort of as a symbol, as a euphemism, you know, light. How much light is shown on something absolutely affects, um, as uh, Goat Rider was suggesting, not only our ability to see behind us, to see what's hidden from us, to indeed see our shadow, which is being cast behind us. And so that's when that 360-degree consciousness comes into play. I think that's also somehow embedded in the principles of, of Ori and Ebori, though it might not be as, as literal. In, in this pronunciation, but, but the idea that there's a place in our growth that we can go where we can see three-dimensionally, fourth-dimensionally. We have to also, like, look at, you know, when we're talking about how do you then take what
get up and you can you, another thing you can do is like when you get up in the morning and you can watch this before you even get out of bed. It's kind of similar to what you think about. Uh, but before you get out of bed is a time to be given thanks and honoring uh, spirit for allowing you another opportunity to be here, to be blessed, to be a blessing to others. Sometimes we don't understand how that also helps to bring clarity. A lot of the, there was a question that I saw that talked about, asked about meditation. And is meditation a good way to be working on charity? And indeed it is. Yes. But meditation with intentionality. Yes. So making sure that when we're meditating, that there's an intention to what our I guess I'm thinking inside of the meditation and so that we are then going into the manifestation of what it is that we're wanting to hear from, what we want to manifest for ourselves and for our family and, and, and everything because then that's putting into the atmosphere, into the universe, what it is that you wish to, to, to manifest. But it also helps to clear your own thinking and your own mind, because at least you're taking some time to intentionally think of what it is that you want. And then in that, uh, many times, the, the thing of, um, if something is not in alignment, it will be shown to you, it will be told to you, it, that, 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 that message will come to you. So I think that working with our, our real, working with our divine, of the inner conscious, uh, our higher self, in those those ways can assist us to bring a clarity that brings alive some of the things that we're going to have to work with, you know, what is in the shadow. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Again, being willing to ask those questions and to be honest about our answers about the questions and, and, to, and to be willing to probe deeper, you know, uh, in a way it's sort of an inverted therapeutic process. It's much, it's much like with our professional therapists, consultants, ministers, doctors are sort of trained to talk you through, to, to walk you through. But at the same time, I understand that we live in a, in a time where people don't want to go to the outside source. People believe they can do it all on their own, and I'm not suggesting that you can't. I'm just suggesting that it's a lot of work, and you have to be willing to be absolutely honest with yourself during the process. Otherwise, you can't see. You can't hear, you know, what you're not willing to address. Uh, I think, too, when we think about meditation, when we think about uh, transcendental meditation or guided meditation or even uh, Tai Chi, you know, um, yoga, you know, there, there's more than just, as, as my cousin said, you know, intentionality. There's more than just, you know, breathing and just going blank involved in that process. And indeed, if you're not given instruction about what to think about, what to visualize, you know, during that process, your mind can wonder. You know, I'm sure my cousin deals with that, you know, in a class, whether it be young people or even adults. If, if you don't give them something to focus on 
while they're physically going through the motions, then your mind is want to wander. Your, your mind is sort of configured to wander. Your left brain is being guided by very uh, overt and direct and, and, and uh, specific instructions. You know, you're writing, you're running, you know, you're exercising, and that's all left brain activity. But your right brain is, is more etherical, more elusive, the dream state, the intuitive state, the spirit state, the emotional state. And so that's why when you start or start doing yoga or any other, other practice, you start remembering the bills you forgot to pay. You, you remember that you left something on in the oven. You know, you start thinking about things in, in the house that you forgot to do because your right brain is now free to sort of explore and wander in that spirit space. So, so thinking is, is important to the process. And not just thinking and remembering and repeating trauma, but often we lose things that happened before the trauma, good things, and well after the trauma, because now all we can think about is the trauma. So sometimes the reoccurrence is not just to bring you back to that traumatic moment, but to expand our ability to stand in that space and to stand in our feelings in that space and then recall all the good records that existed leading up to that, who we were before that, how we felt about the world before that. You know, I was quite a talker as a child. I could talk to anybody as a child. I could walk up to any stranger without any reservation as a child. I didn't care who you were, what you looked like, you know. And now, after my life, you know, of trauma, you know, I'm very cautious of people. I'm very worried of people. But at the same time, my intuitive perceptors have been heightened. So, so now I'm often leading on intuition. I am leading on feeling. I am taking the, the, the second or two to, to, like a radar, to scan, you know, your, your energy field before I approach. And, and it comes with exercise, practice, a, a history. Somebody said recording, you know, is, is very important, you know, in the process. Oh, wow, I didn't realize we talked through two hours of show. I certainly appreciate everyone, Divine um, Self-Healing, Otan, Ifatumiwa, my beloved cousin, the God's Initiative, my beloved cousin, Oye Ifawole, and, of course, our listeners and our participants, you know, in, in the chat and, and abroad. We certainly appreciate you uh, for participating in, in the show, for being present for the show, uh, for those who stuck with us the whole time. Um, we still got people on the phone lines. Um, Erico 404, uh, did you have a question or a comment? Greetings. Greetings and salutations. I do have a comment. Yeah. Um, this is Shamafia Rothschild. And I, oh, I just so wanted to, uh, yes, yes. I, I wanted to give thanks to all the teachers online. And also, um, just for a quick second, just state that if it wasn't for African traditional spiritualism, I would not do any, I wouldn't have gotten to the place that I'm, I'm through with shadow work. And I think it's a, it's a daily thing. Um, and you're never going to get done with it. And um, an insight that I'd like to share is we spend nine months in the dark. And we might have said this before, but 
we forget that we need that darkness to replenish. We need that stillness and that place of darkness to see what's actually going on. And um, mm-hmm. I come from a family full of a hot-headed Italians, and I'm half Italian, half Puerto Rican. But when I go, wow. the trauma runs really, really deep, and everyone's got short tempers, and the patience level um, with me now practicing what I practice, everyone's Catholics. So they're like, I-, I just wish you wouldn't come in my room so you're not staring at what I have going on in my room. But all that to say, um, I just give thanks that we have a space, a sacred temple like this to talk about shadow work because everybody in their own way is dealing with a completely different type of struggle, trauma, um, and it's a, it's a self-responsibility to deal with it every day. Yeah. So um, I just give thanks that, that we're – it takes patience and it takes real – you said something. You said really being naked in the mirror and looking at it, looking at yourself and, and being honest with how you feel and cry it out. And sometimes it takes beating a pillow or, or breaking something in the dumpster with glasses on or whatever it is in a safe way for you to – Get it out. You got to get it out because the stuffing thing, like um, Goddess Initiative said about stuffing stuff in a closet, we are all stuffed houses, not just closets. And it's it's time to rip the roof off and look inside and yeah. start sorting through this stuff. So I shade yeah. to everybody. I shade to to all of us and um, everybody. You can do it. You can do it, but it takes constant, consistent effort, time, and attention. That's right. Area code eight one eight. My apologies for the delay. Area code eight one eight. Do you have a question or a comment for us? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Greetings. Who's calling and where are you calling from? Uh, hello, uh, Divine Prince. Hello, co-host. This is JP Tarot. I'm calling from California. Okay, JP Tarot. Greetings, beloved. Greetings. Now, I just had to jump in on this topic because it's one that I feel extremely um, passionate about. Um, And my take on shadow work is a little uh, different. Um, I see, you know, shadow work from uh, the perspective of mythology and the myth that really comes to my mind is the story of Hades and Persephone. And although it is a Greek story, it, we, as people who grew up in the Western world, we inherit these ideas by proxy. And so um, the story of Hades and Persephone, you know, has to do with Persephone, who is the divine child who represents uh, the goodness of life. She's the, she is the embodiment of the goddess in the new generation. And, um, you know, she was snatched from the earth realm by Hades and brought into the underworld. And um, in some myths, it was said that she was even assaulted. So this mythology is really a telling of shadow work. And um, uh, Hades in astrology is the planet Pluto. And Pluto calls us to transform the deepest parts of ourselves. And it also asks us um, on a more uh, cosmic level, what, um, what, how can we acknowledge the dance of life and death all around us? And on a more personal level, it asks us, what traumas do we need to release with love? And so for me, shadow work has to do with what ways are we changing and how can we be reborn? 
And if people aren't familiar with the story of Hades and Persephone, she was basically abducted from her mother, dragged into the underworld where she had to stay there um, half of the year. And while she was in the underworld, you know, she was in the land of the dead. It was depressing. She hated it there. She was alone. And she was really fighting being in this dark place. Um, she was feeling sorrowful because she was separated from the warmth of her mother. Um, and she was just really in, in a hard place. Um, and it wasn't until uh, she actually ate the seeds of the pomegranate fruit which represents the spiritual fruit, the, the fruit of life from the tree of life, that she was yeah. able to become queen of the underworld. And once she integrated that energy of the underworld into herself, she was able to become queen of the underworld, and she was able to rise back to the land of the living. So um, Pluto, you know, Pluto in astrology, it asks us how can we regenerate? How can we transform? Um, how can we create new approaches? So in my approach to shadow work, I always ask, where is Pluto in your natal chart? Where is Pluto transiting in your chart right now? That yeah. can give us a lot of information on, on what shadow work looks like for us. Um, uh, okay. Shadow work. Oh, hey, yeah. hold, on for, hold on for a second, because we're having a problem. Apparently, they cannot hear you. And and they want me oh. to relay what you're saying, but you're saying so much um, that it would be <laughs> it would be real difficult for me to relay um, to the, especially at this point what you're saying, you know, or what you have said. So I'm not sure what's going on because um, I don't okay. think we've ever really had this problem before. Uh, because for me, you're you're really loud, you know, for me, and and it's really going oh. directly through my computer from Block Talk Radio into the StreamYard. So I'm not understanding why um, the audience can't really hear you um, in the StreamYard. So my apologies. Oh, no. Oh, my no apologies. worries. No worries. But thank you so much for calling in. We certainly do appreciate you and your attention. And what you said will be heard by the Block Talk Radio audience for sure. And it'll be an archive um, in the Blog Talk Radio platform. But um, according okay. to StreamYard, and so that includes uh, YouTube and the social networks, they said they can't hear you, and I've got to figure out why. Okay, no worries. <laughs> but thank you so much for calling in. Yes, you're welcome. All right, thank you. Peace and blessings. My
you. I think this is a really powerful topic. Uh, I believe this to be a topic that deserves more than one airing, um, and, and, pick, and particularly an airing where all my technology is the way it's supposed to be. Um, I don't have glitters and stars, you know, on the screen next to my face. So we're going to, you know, talk more about shadow work. We're going to go just a little bit deeper into the shadow work and how to address shadow work. Um, not how to identify, but then how to address, how to indeed uh, do the work. And I think we gave, you know, a wealth of solutions today, directions uh, in which people can go at, you know, the subject of, you know, em- embracing and, and accepting the challenge, you know, of, of healing um, shadow work. But there is indeed so much more that we could share uh, and, and discuss, and I look forward to that opportunity again with you at high noon U.S. Sister Standard Time next time here on this platform and, and many other platforms. 
Um, thank you so much, cousins. Thank you so much, Divine Self Healing. I appreciate you all for your love, your support, your active participation. Uh, if you have anything you want to say, please feel free. Otherwise, I'm going to I'm going to close out. so much on my plate right now. It's ridiculous. So much going on. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you all. That was a great show. We had some 30 people who stayed actively from beginning to the end um, of the show, and, and, and that's a good number for a forum like this. So um, I look forward to, you know, doing it again, get, working out some of the technology glitches, uh, and, of course, figuring out how I'm going to um, broadcast it through Instagram. That, that, is, that is just such a headache. You know, I need some kind of stand to hold my phone, maybe, you know, to get a better angle, you know, on the screen to, to broadcast through Instagram. But anyway, I've got to go. Thank you. All right. And thank you, Blog Talk Radio. All is a blessing. I'm going to close with some Congo Square. I forgot about my sound effects, my new sound effects. I didn't even use any today. Congo Square. But next time. The almost Indian. 
The Omus Indians prepared this place for us. Centuries before our arrival, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated, the almost Indians prepared this place for us. Centuries before our arrival, Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated, and as the colonizers came, our host, the almost Indians, they pushed aside our host. The colonizers came and pushed aside our host and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Le Place de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow, persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment, but nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double cross, and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de grace cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we be, we was and is, hail Congo Square, Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate. A world harrowed by the beat. Beat, beat, being, beating, being of black heart drums. Heart beat, heart beat, heart beat at this place, at this place, beat, heart beat, beat, we beating place in new world space. 
beating, being in place in New World, preserving our ancient pace. Our dance is the God walk, our music the God talk. First thing we do, let's get together, circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end, connected together and singing, ringing, singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are. Be bambula dance. Be banza music. And sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy. Must retain and pass on the essential us-ness that others want to dissipate, whip out Hello. of us. Whoa. But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day. A feel. A feel. Without shade. But dark. Dark with the people black of us in various, various various shades eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be. We are centuries later now and still this sacred ground calls us to remember to beat to be beat Congo Square be Congo Square
Chicago Square. B. Congo Square. B. 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 Remember. Remember. 